All right, you guys, welcome to the Outrun Show. Uh, we are launching a cool little mini series on being a good student. And we're gonna address topics like how to approach class, how to approach learning, how to approach failure, how to have the best attitude as a student, and then our personal tips and advice on how to really what, you know, being the goal of a student is, and that is learn really well quickly in the, in the most fulfilling way. So, um, Stick with us. These these are going to be awesome. And to learn to do other things good too. <laughs> to do other things good too. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to mess this up, and I'm here to be corrected. Mm. So, are though were you talking about like inhibition? Uh, no, inhibition, no. That always reminds me of that one song. That word inhibition always reminds me of that one. That song. Yeah. Anyway, segue. There. Because uh, I feel like, but no, you're talking about like change, like changing hats, right? Like, like, I think it's skin. Is it Like, go ahead, when you when you're going into Colin the classroom or you're going into the the learning environment, like changing your hats, right? Yeah. Is, is like the easiest way to explain it. It's just like, oh. I'm working on my car, so I'm putting on my car mechanic hat, right? Yeah. And now I'm thinking about, le- right? And most people come to class or some sort of educational content, and they're just like, I'm, I'm here to be me mm-hmm. rather than I'm here to be a different version of me that's better able to learn and absorb this information. Yeah, because that's what all school has been for your whole life is like trying to figure out who you are amongst <laughs> your peers and who you are, you know, within this social structure of your class. But if you want to be a good student, I don't feel like it's it's you know the right time is is to express who you are and find out who you are. It's just you know you're here to learn and find out what your mistakes are and fix them and get mentorship. The uh, persona of student is something that, or student acumen is what I would like to say, uh, is something that I think is critical. Any serious person who's living like a seriously examined life is trying to curate and if you're a kid that's hard it kind of happens on you mm-hmm. you just happen to have been in enough environments where you understood structure and and the right time to ask questions and and be interested and curious or you're just naturally passionate about what you're doing and you're lucky um or that's something that you kind of have to learn i'm, I'm pretty sure i was a pretty terrible student up to a certain age i think um just finding subjects that i was passionate in and then also finding um uh, like, uh, and then going through some more strict environments just once or twice. I don't think it needs to always be like that, but I feel like if you haven't learned in a relatively strict environment where there was a strict teacher or coach or instructor, you haven't sort of understood how to operate in with that level of, of structure, it's, it's good for you to experience it for a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like school, at least in America, it's, is already a bit structured like that like i don't i don't it's definitely not very laissez-faire i mean we can talk all we want about like whether we agree with the education system right, or, right? right. and everybody's complain about something but it's done a remarkable job of educating you know some 500 million people mm-hmm. over the past 50 years or whatever so that's pretty impressive but it's like it is very regimented right so i think that's what the justin was saying it's like when you 
if you're if you're still in high school, then yeah, you're kind of like in this self discovery. But for most of us adults mm-hmm. that have come out and had some upper education as well, like it's very much like you've gone through this process of like attending class to figure out who you are rather than attending class to learn the content, right? Mm-hmm. You're just like, this is just the thing that I have to do. Just like work, I just show up and then I do the work and then like, right? Rather than going in intentional. So I think I think for most people, they maybe want to find a teacher that knows how to have a, a more relaxed environment mm-hmm. where they can turn on that, like I'm a student hat now. Yeah. Because they've never had that opportunity, right? They they've never actually like been given like, okay, cool. Here's the educational content. Like it's up to you to like absorb and learn this at some, some classes, I guess in college are, are like that, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the opportunity there, it's just almost impossible to recognize it and, and take the step to be a focus on being a student when you're a kid. It's like you, there's just no way that competing against peer pressure and, and social, you know, acceptance is gonna, is gonna take a, uh, you know, backseat to, I'm going to learn how to be a good student and, you know, accept mentorship. So it's very difficult. Yeah. Too, yeah. And then as an adult, way. you get in a workplace and it's, if you have like a work mentor, that mentor is like assigned to you, right? Like that, that person's either your boss or he's from another, he or she's from another department and they're like assigned to like, you know, do professional mentorship. And so even then it's like, it's very regimented and strict. And it's not like you can be entirely open and honest when it's somebody who's your superior in a workplace. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's that I wouldn't say, like, go out and find a strict instructor. But oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, the uh, there's maybe two main modalities that that seem to be common, and that is the structure of a classroom setting and then independent like learner. And I think what's funny is you go through all your entire um you know k through 12 experience and you're in a classroom structure like Mm. the chances that you're asked to be independently responsible for the organization of yourself and learning is is less necessary because it's hard to you know groom herds of people in that manner so that's sort of the efficacy of the um sort of group structure that sometimes gets critiqued as being dated and built to put people in factories and things like that right yeah um and I don't know if I if I completely agree with that, uh, the way people assess that, but there's a benefit of that. And then um, ironically, then when you start college, it's, it's the inverse in a lot of ways. You're um, or you come out of K through 12 and then you're then you're responsible for organizing yourself independently and you're expected to be able to navigate and chart those waters. And there's sort of like um, a an opportunity there for you to either flourish as an independent learner or an opportunity to get sort of um to continue to get mm-hmm. stuck in academia and sucked into just sitting in degrees and sort of drifting <laughs> right as an adult um that there there's that's that kind of like crossroad there i was definitely a person who who flourished and and began flourishing in high school as an independent learner and so i can speak more to that than navigating the um what's the what are like uh navigating the uh Navigating academia for back. I was going to make a doom reference. What are those like different levels of catacombs or something like that? Anyway, it's kind of dark, but isn't doom like the levels of hell? Yeah, I think the original doom was you're descending into hell. Right. So I, I think uh, <laughs> academia is analogous to <laughs> wandering through uh, at least uh, uh, doom eternals on Earth. 
<laughs> right. Exactly. Um, the uh, so what I think is important is uh, if you're going to be an independent learner, which is I think what our society is right now, people are, will experience more success with than the traditional because just things take so much time right now or, or things move really fast right now and you don't have as much time to sort of sit through um, long degrees to figure out how you'll apply those, the knowledge that you're acquiring in that, right? You need faster testing environments, mostly because just the world is moving faster because of technology right now. You can't sit and wait four years to figure out what you're studying is really going to help you with what you want to do. So yeah. I would say early testing. Um, some of the uh, characteristics of students that are things I've benefited from and that I enjoy working with is students who are able to take a concept, test it, and then and then bring it back. Now, if you're in a class or you're um, learning from me or from any teacher, I think it's super important that you are just you are not just and I use this word a lot because I feel I use it to describe audience to I use it to describe uh, um, when someone is passively engaged in something. So I'd rather people just not be audience to the instruction. I think that's one of the biggest um, pitfalls of academia. What is that? What does that look like? Yeah. So like if you go into one of those like lecture halls where someone's teaching and it's like 150 students and one teacher and you are you're not at all. It's very easy to not be engaged with what's being said to just to just watch it like a Netflix series mm -hmm. where if at any moment someone was like, hey, what Especially did the teacher just say? You'd be like, what? Sequence. Yeah, no, I heard it, but I didn't hear it. Like you're listening, but you're not thinking through and engaged in in the topic. So um if a teacher is trying to convey a concept i'm usually trying to uh to, to absorb that concept and then immediately apply it somehow even even if it just is in academic theory and the next step is is trying to take that out and use it in any sort of um meaningful way right so if we're talking about i'm going to come in class and we just spent you know <laughs> we just spent an entire three lessons or something like that um talking about precision jumps and then i don't try to implement that sort of independently and on my own in some way, then I feel like you're you're probably not going to absorb it. And that's just an indicator of a really dedicated student will be even in class. They're like trying it. They're trying to work through it. They're trying to do it. And if they take it outside of class and do something with it, that's even better. That's a key characteristic. You did what you studied somewhere else as part of a test. Or, application. Right. Yeah. Application. You applied it definitely, somehow. Definitely part of this, the student hat, right, mm -hmm. is like taking information and applying for sure. And so when I say audience, I mean, they come like someone may come be tempted to come in and think they will just absorb it just having been there. Now, there is some value of osmosis. Like sometimes, you know, your your, your level does go up just being around people better than you. Have you ever had that happen? We've just gotten better because you're training around people who are I believe this is a very powerful thing in, in learning. Like there's a, there's not necessarily a standard, but we know that when you put people around people who are better than they, they typically tend to you talking about like parkour inflation is that where <laughs> that is parkour inflation <laughs> or like where somebody unlocks a skill and then suddenly everybody else just kind of yes yes and that happens you know in other places like when you break uh speed records or like right now there's a lot of videos floating around of people doing level five climb ups things like that they're like oh now i've got this like and it's just one person gets it and then everybody it's all of a sudden you see everybody else getting it it's yep. we see that in like uh talent code or whatever book i think talks about that as well yeah called parkour inflation parkour inflation it's also incentive to like not suck mm. so if you're like oh yeah you know like 10 years ago i was able to do like a backflip and 
that was pretty rare for like a, a parkour person, or at least it was like, you know, a moderately high level skill. Now it's like, dude, that's entry level. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be able to do a backflip. It does feel like that's that. entry level. Sorry. Like, you know, now, now you, you have to be able to do like, you know, a basic tricking combo. You'll be able to do like scoot, you know, cork. Mm-hmm. Ideally it's double cork, but you know, <laughs> hey, yeah. you, know, you gotta keep up with inflation. Yeah. That's if you're, if you're taking the, I would put that in kind of like the sport or upper limits of like human ability um category of that's if that's the realm you're trying to compete in yeah that's i feel like that's you got to have that um and that gets harder and harder i remember when we first started training together guys like it was like 2013 we've been training for a couple years but it was like 2013 and i had seen a couple of other disciplines i'd been in i'd watched that like bench that baseline for being viewed as yeah yeah as good as sort of at the upper echelon the upper like you know 90th percentile raise and i remember looking around and being like oh my gosh People are going to get really good at this. No one has really been doing this for that long. And this is going to, we've got about, you know, three years, two years before it's just, it's just impossible for an average athlete to come in and be good at this. Right. And I feel like that's happened. Although what's really interesting about that is that I feel like a lot of stuff it is really hard to be good at goes typically unnoticed. Like you, you get flashier stuff that's recognized as being like talented, I think still using your backflip analogy. But some of the more like techie skill stuff, like complicated strides or precisions or yeah, intricate climbing techniques, just don't even go. I think they go unnoticed on like Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. There are definitely a lot of people that I, I watch on on social media or through video that I see the moves and I know that like their highlight clips are the like crazy flashy things. But when I'm watching them do strides, I'm like, oh yeah. I know if I were training with this person, they'd be hitting warm-up strides that I'd have to be warmed up and going for. Yeah. Right there. And so I think I think some of that, yeah, it's like it goes unnoticed except for when they're seen in person and you're like, Yeah, yeah. Whoa, that was I the stride. That. In right? person, yeah. Like when you see people jumping train yeah. at like the IMAX, right? Like on clips, you're like, Oh yeah, I've seen people calling calling pre the IMAX. That's pretty cool, right? Until you get to the IMAX and you're like, Wow. Oh. Really right? Big. That's yeah. big. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think there's that, but yeah, I think uh, I think free running uh, well has a, a little bit more room to to grow crazier flips. There's just too many variations that are possible right now. Or just but with parkour and jumping, I mean, I remember people doing eight foot strides on rails for the first time back in like 2008 or nine or something like that. Eight foot rail strides. That was. Uh, and that's still ridiculously impressive to see that in person. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Uh, like, legit, not just, like, the... Yeah. Yeah, stepping, right? but like not stepping, boom, but boom, striding. Boom. Yeah, that, and, you know, those people had those quite a bit, so... Or a while ago. So what I want to say about coming in as a student, you're going to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see people who were very, very, very good and have been... And you don't know where their baseline was when they started, and you don't know what they've been through to get there. So you, so humility is one of the biggest aspects of coming in and being a new student. That's you have to really be able to point. maintain yeah. your self-confidence yeah. and self-esteem. I'll say maintain some degree of self-esteem while in parallel to that also being highly humble. And what that means is just trying not to take what you observe and your place in it personally. Because there's almost the opposite side of the ego that that is super cocky about stuff. And that is the ego that is super self-deprecating, right? That's still oh, your own yeah, judgment yeah. against yourself, whether you think you're super good or you think you're super bad, it's two sides of the same coin, draw, like being a distraction to your progress. 
So when you enter into the space of training and learning in any domain, you should come in as a student and a student is first and foremost, like humble. And ideally, um, I think on the student's um, side, because if you're humble, you also don't want to be, um, for lack of a better term, a sucker, right? So you want to make sure that you also have some degree of uh, a feeling of self uh, confidence to some degree, right? It's very hard to maintain that, but you need to work on both humility and satisfaction with the self. That doesn't mean you can't have ambition, but just satisfaction with the self, right? Otherwise you're going to, cause that's, I love that. When I, when I see that in someone, um, in any domain, I'm just like, Ooh, so much respect for that. This person can be humble, but they also seem to still have a degree of self-confidence that, um, lays a better, uh, um, landscape for them to learn because if you're constantly judging yourself then that's not going to help you either you'll be second guessing everything from balance to jumping to memory to the way you present like humility plus self-confidence yeah over, right overly it's, critical students definitely have a hard time progressing forward right or they have a they have a hard time i guess they don't have a hard time progressing forward they have a hard time maintaining the same pace of learning right somebody who's overly critical over themselves will will find something that they're really good at and they'll hit a rapid expansion and then they'll find something they struggle with and they'll beat themselves up so much about it mm -hmm. that they don't progress at all because they're so stuck up here yeah. right in this like self-image rather than just being like it's okay you suck at this just go do the work mm -hmm. right rather than like beating yourself up because you suck at this mm -hmm. and so they have this like progress tree that looks like very you know erratic rather than like this nice steady progression that we want to see from students you know yeah even progression and your super humble students i feel like will have a more even pace but they won't have this if they don't have this like self-confidence mm. right they're like sycophantic almost right like the coach is like all right now touch your ear no all right now touch your nose and they touch your nose and then they don't ever be like wait why am i doing this like is this actually helping me get where i want to go right they just follow it will have a progression, but it'll be very horizontal, right? It's very even paced, but it's rather than seeing this like. Yep, yeah, I think if you are constantly disappointed by your progress in individual classes and every day, I think you're focusing on too big of milestones and mm. too big of steps. That's very reasonable. Right? You're trying to take like five steps at a time. And then when you get four, you're just like completely unsatisfied about it. But you still took a step. You're just not realizing, you're not identifying and the progress that you've made. So someone mm -hmm. who has a, a very, you know, uh, granular vision of their slope is going to be excited when they just take the rise of one by one, right? Yeah. Instead of this like five, you know, up. And so I think, uh, yeah, filling in those gaps helps you be satisfied and the, and the, with, with small progress. Yeah. And I was just say the inverse, like, because you're saying you need a mixture of both, right? Right. You need a mixture of humility, but you also do need a mixture of, I don't want to say like, you know, self criticism but maybe self-awareness that like hey I, I just progressed that's mm. super important right I took what I learned which is a humility thing I was I was open and accepting to like giving feedback or to getting feedback and getting tips and then I applied them which is like some self-critique right mm -hmm. and then I took that feedback loop again right um, but the humble the super humble student waits for the coach to be like hey did you notice you just did that and they're like oh hey now I can celebrate right the coach recognized and that's, I think, a, a negative too. That one's certainly more mm -hmm. rare than the alternative. I think it, but. some mitigation of like judgment, self-judgment, I think is like comfort in 
like being able to take and receive and handle feedback. I think this is something that people mock on social media about millennials or whatever, but I just think it's any like younger age group. And then also as you get older, if you, if you hold on to that, it really becomes too narrow of a focus of judgment. And it's hard to let go of that self judgment and self critique, especially if you've just been like watching, um, an hour of like, you know, YouTube videos of people doing the things you want to do. And then you step in and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe your your appetite, your eyes, your your eyes, your training eyes were too big for your training stomach. And you need to like focus on one thing instead of focus on judging every one thing. And the uh, best way to pro- approach that, and it was funny, is that this characteristic tends to follow people all the way through the ascension of their training. So it isn't just new people who are like hyper judgmental about every little like nuance of their movement it tends to go in my observation all the way up the skills skills ladder and then you see higher level athletes or higher or people with a lot of skill being really dissatisfied with pretty amazing skill yeah and it's also maybe even sometimes disrespectful to go and be so dissatisfied in a bunch of other people in front of a bunch of other people when who some, worked really hard to get halfway where you are right yeah. so that's that, that, that's that, a huge thing i like uh and i think it's i think it's important to point that out is that it, it, when you are being dissatisfied with your own progress and you're the best one in the class it ruins everybody's mm-hmm. view of their their own uh you know uh expression skill. and skill so that you got to be really careful with that i think that it, and you become a you lead the class whether you want to or not with that behavior because it's it's very hard to be watch someone jump two feet further than you or Kong uh, easier and then to watch you complain about that and then to do it worse than them right afterwards, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. I also had this I had this experience just last week. I was looking at like uh, attack to because I was just we were having a class and and I was and I saw the opportunity for a move which was like a like attack and then like a 180 I mean maybe it was even just 90 180 like uh cat down on the floor and like it only took a minute for like like capable parkour vultures to spot what I was working on and then be like I'm just gonna flash that in front of him right <laughs> yes. and then it was just a line of all <laughs> of our athletes which thing. were really good like they they just literally I mean you know and Evan's the camera so Evan, they, they just put down the, the camera guy puts it on the camera and does it in front of me so it's like the person filming the attempts is just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hit this real quick. All right, yep, I was curious. Good, carry on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and there's various reasons for um, why that works and doesn't work in the moment, but I think acknowledging baseline is super is super important, right? And um, that's where you have to come in. So there's several ways to measure progress, and if you're trying to frame up your your self critique about whether you're progressing or achieving what you want to or not. One thing is don't have a super narrow focus. Uh, it's, or I won't say that's don't. It's dangerous to have a super narrow focus of your training because the risk of you being disappointed in yourself is much higher. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is just to acknowledge how you're trying to measure progress. And if that is based off of uh, a baseline that you're judging your original baseline against people who came in at a different baseline of ability, yep. that's going to be really tough. So is your baseline that you're judging against? Or here's where I came in. And then I'm looking at the global view of parkour, which is very hard to understand, even mm-hmm. especially in video. Most things are much bigger than what they actually look like, right? Oh, and yeah. so when you go and approach them in real life, or if you stand up on a mezzanine and look down at the parkour, um, the, 
what was it like the outrun stadium right looking down at like the base everything looks smaller it's like when you go to a basketball or football game and then you get down to the turf and you look at the size of the athletes you go, oh my gosh these guys yeah. jump. like up there i <laughs> thought we did wow we're not even the same species you see a, <laughs> a, a line of 12 12 you know, six foot five men yeah that's yeah. right uh, and then yeah. to feel it and, and then stay. be like ah i understand why he didn't just run straight out. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, so, parkour is very similar to that. So baseline, how do you guys think baseline should be measured? Is it good enough to just say, here's where I started and here's where I am and feel good about that? Or should you measure yourself against pure peers? Or do, I'm asking this, do you measure yourself against peers? Where do you put your baseline? Pierce. Pierce. Okay. Against Pierce. <laughs> you measure yourself against Spears is badass too. If you can do that, I'm impressed. My baseline is always did I do the move without uh getting injured or risking injury, uh uh like uh in a way that I can tell. Like sometimes I'll do a move and I won't get hurt. Um and I but I know I got close to uh landing incorrectly. And I know if I'll do it, you know, a, a number of times. So my baseline is always uh do i did i do the move in a way that i know i can repeat it and enjoy it multiple mm-hmm. times in a row first baseline right so and then after that comes certain uh yeah aesthetic baselines i feel like like when you watch the clip like yeah well yeah when i when i watch it afterwards so i usually i'm always filming and and, and training at the same time if i if i look back on it am i gonna enjoy watching myself do it but then in comparing it to other people really tough now i'm actually right now i i don't compare myself to other people almost at all i feel like it's just my my own video and what i expect myself but that has taken 15 or so many years of making my own videos and comparing them to other people where i can finally pull back on that lever and just enjoy my movement as, as myself but the first journey of parkour has always been to up the other person on a video yep. i think uh real quick i want to say it took, you said it took 15 years to get to that place. And I feel like age probably has something to do with that, yeah. right? Not just sure. training for 15 years until you stop caring about what other people think. I think there's, I think there's something that'd be said for the cycle in life in where you are in age and where you are in status with your peers and where you perceive yourself to be athletically in comparison to others. And the big factor in that I think is the could be's. Getting a case of the could be's is one of the hardest things to endure as someone who's coming into a discipline. And what I mean by that is what could be. When I was, it was easier for me with parkour because I came into parkour formally training in my like 29, 30, okay? So everybody else was younger almost. And there were a few people who weren't and they were just happy to see someone else who had the mindset and baseline physical ability to just play the game. Yep. And so the could be's were very, almost non-existent. I was already an anomaly. So the self-confidence aspect wasn't as hard. But when I started training Wushu and I was in my late teens, you know, there was a lot of, I could be a pro athlete at this, right? And my, and so I feel like when people are discovering themselves and coming in and they're like, you know what, I'm in late teens, I'm doing parkour. I see a bunch of people around me, like breaking these barriers. I could be the best. And that's a, the could be, I think is a very dangerous little demon, little ego demon that kind of like slides in there. Do you guys feel like you have any could be's or is that really what changed? Or is it just like right now, like I could be tomorrow I could be if I trained hard enough? Yeah. No. Yeah, not necessarily like tomorrow, but 
Yeah. Ooh, okay. So there's a little could be. Like could be's are cool. They're they they Yeah, that's that's ambition. And everybody yeah. needs a little bit of ambition. Yeah. yeah. There's the becoming, right? And then there's like could be's are not like physical uh uh um power and, and that stuff. I know my my like Linda Justin, song on that. Really? Justin, Definitely not, like, Justin is very zen no about way. his like his athletic performance. My could be's are on other things that definitely don't require me to exert maximum effort on things mm-hmm. uh, with my muscles. Mm. Uh, like uh, the design of this gym, like right now, my biggest could be is like I need to make this gym the best that it could be. Right. I okay. can't mess up on that. I'm making it out of metal. It's welded together with lightning. There's no it's going back. <laughs> <laughs> like I like this. It, it could be. It definitely has to be for me in terms of the gym design. So that's where I feel like my most of my efforts are. But yeah, in terms of physical expression, could be is, is definitely more towards the style. Where I feel like I could, I just, I just want like um, some general like uh, um, appreciation or encouragement from the people around me on my movement. Mm. I'm not looking for a global approval for movements or mm. or uh, you're not looking for approval. You're looking for support. Uh, yeah, yeah, support. There's right. another word. It would be like, hey, that was awesome. That, mm. That's a little more pinpoint. But yeah, I'm definitely not looking to upstage anybody on a on on a global scale appreciation right. maybe general appreciation general. Yeah, i don't know why it's not coming to me right now. Uh, okay i don't think about it, it pops up too because yeah. i i know the feeling like it's not recognition it's just like uh and it's not admiration but it's like if you make dinner and it tastes good like, yeah. you kind of want to know <laughs> exactly you know what i mean exactly it's, it's like oh yeah you know if you killed <laughs> that doesn't that mean, dish, that then, doesn't mean i want you to be like oh man i could never make a dish like this you're right? so good at cooking uh, dishes like yeah, yeah you just want to yeah. know like Hey, this was really good. Thank you. Uh, I also don't want like I'm like oh I don't want to make a better like cake than you or something or stir fry like but if I kill it <laughs> I want to know I'm like oh yeah. yeah I kill it. Absolutely. I also that's I, a good point. I, I like that and I think so finding um, and experts will talk about this a lot um, who I think are really good coaches is one competence of a coach is finding a way to put people in a peer group where it feels like there is the constant opportunity for a success but that is just on the outside of what uh, outside of your abilities right. When the skills gap is too great, then there's this feeling of demise. And that takes, a, in my opinion, a very, very mature and independent student to still be able to survive in that environment, which is something that I was able to um, build as a skill when I was younger, which makes it easier for me to get into environments where the skills gap is so great and still be able to learn something. And that is the ability to sort of be thrown into an environment where people are way better than you and still be able to feel comfortable in your skin mm-hmm. and play the game. That's the more global game that I would play with others in yeah. this at this point in time, yep. is being able to not fit in, but I describe it as like uh, like golf, like I won't hold you back, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not good at golf, but <laughs> we're not talking about like, yeah, I'm not gonna take 20 swings at this and you're gonna be waiting to, yeah, you know, th- yeah. that's, that's where I aim to be the majority of time is. In, in, is in sync to some degree with that so i think the baseline stuff um i think those are good places to start um is like having the self-awareness to be somewhat humble in your approach to training have a baseline of self-confidence but also be able to um understand uh you know humility in the moment and then realizing what's your base what's your baseline um and what are you what are you measuring against too i think the baseline is really important understanding where you came in and then where you got, and I think those are my two my two big ones. Yeah, no, I, I really like those. I think yeah, to like to summarize just this kind of first little little talk about 
a good student. It is coming in with the humility of of accepting that like what you see as the global baseline is not where you are. And it may take you a long time to get there, right? Um, because nobody watches, like to use football example, nobody watches football and then is like, I'm going to go play football. Or like the kids actually do do this. Mm-hmm. There's that slow-mo, that kid playing baseball, right? They watch a professional sport and then they go play and they're like, oh, I got to be the best. I got to be like those guys I see on TV. And eventually as they grow up, they realize that takes a very, very long time to get there, right? And so as a student, you need to come in with a humility that's like, I'm not there yet, but you need to have the self-confidence and the ambition to be like, but I'm going to do my best application to get there, if that's my goal. To right? endure. To, yeah, to, to get there, right? And there's a fine line. Because right? if you're too far on the ambition mm-hmm. side and you're like, I need to get to professional level as fast as possible, and you're not humble enough to accept the coach who's like, stop it, you're going to break yourself, then you break yourself, right? And on the inverse, if you're so humble that you're like, oh, those people are so amazing. Those people are so cool. I'll never be like those people because they're just so far ahead of me, right? Then you never end up progressing fast enough to ever get close to that, right? So there is that fine line between like humility and ambition is kind of how I would frame it up that like you need to have. Yeah, and during that process, no endurance then. So you... Do you have any oh, do I, some I summation that you want to add to? Um, yeah, I think you're just going to have the best time being a student if you can identify the smallest steps um, that you're taking as progressions and as moving forward and, and don't get too caught up on taking, you know, giant leaps every time you come into class. Yeah. Yeah. Progression. Yeah. 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 Gross by or moving forward by an inch. Yep. It's just as good as moving forward by a foot yep. sometimes, right? And like, as long as you're moving forward, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's just hard to identify sometimes those small steps. Well, right? I think that's, that's where the coach should come in. Yeah, right? Is Sometimes right. if a student finishes a class and you're like, hey, man, how was class? And they're like, eh, it was all right. And you're like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, I feel like I didn't really, you know, progress much. It's the coach's job to be like, what are you talking about? Very last true. week you couldn't yeah. hit this. Or, you know, last time mm-hmm. we did this skill, like you were struggling the whole time. And this time... I didn't even have to, you know, like come by and like give you any progressions you were working on, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where the coach comes in to help you identify those like small markers. That's like that's a sign of a good mm-hmm. coach too. But yeah, as a student, you need to be looking out for those things too, right? And celebrating those to yourself. Right. Or one last thing before, which maybe we can talk about next time, um, is like how to be a good student for your peers, right? Mm-hmm. Because Maybe the coach isn't around and doesn't identify that. But if I'm in a class with somebody else and I notice they've done that, I want to go out of my way to be like, yo, Travis, that was awesome, dude. Like, I know you've been working hard on that skill and you got, you know, like that was much easier for you today or, you know, and celebrating those those successes with your peer group as well matters. So part of being a good student is is being a good peer group, you know, Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Quips, not tips. Quips, not no tips, not quips. No, I don't want them to give me tips. Like I'd much read, like it'd be great. You don't want you... quips either, though. It's kind of but demeaning. Are there quips demeaning? Yeah, I thought it was a little like, like witty. Quips like, are like... like really cutting. <laughs> All right, yeah. it's too close to my heart then. But tip, <laughs> tip, tips don't need to be like you know educational. Sometimes tips are just like yeah. good job. 
I like want to talk about that one next time. Maybe like a one. tip, like a like a payment tip, like you might give oh. to, like, you know, like hey, good job. Here's a tip. Mm, there you like, go. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that kind of tip. Yeah, and like if someone came in and it was like, hey, different English right, your cat stuff. hangs are really good today. Here's five dollars to coffee. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's a great tip. It's <laughs> the best peer ever. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for listening right. to this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can close if you want. Yeah, go. All right, so um, stay tuned for more sort of like useful heuristics and understanding of how to approach a, a being a student the best in our short little student series here and uh, you can find us on spotify as well as apple podcasts or watch our um interesting faces and looks <laughs> on youtube thanks for joining the outrun show and we'll catch you next time that was for the video only people mm. <laughs> get the special bonus material <laughs> Thank you.